Welcome to the PPM Academy podcast for project, program, and portfolio managers, where we will interview industry experts and discuss current and future trends in the world of project, program, and portfolio management, and how what we do impacts our company's execution culture. I'm Gerald Lennon. Today we're speaking with Elena Hill. Elena is the principal consultant and CEO of Two Hill Consulting Services, where she has provided PM consulting, coaching, and training for the past decade. She is a passionate speaker, author, trainer, and mentor. Her experience as an engineer and certified project management professional is in upstream oil and gas, provides a real-world insight into how people and teams can excel. She has been recognized for her excellence in communication, leadership, and team-building skills. Her international cross-functional business knowledge shapes her perspective of developing talent. Mrs. Hill holds a a Bachelor's of Science in Petroleum Engineering from Texas A&M University and has 20 years' experience leading successful projects. As a speaker, she conveys a message of compassion and resilience that inspires leaders and as a trainer, she is fun and engaging and thorough. She combines PM methodologies with DISC, D-I-S-C, personality assessments to help people and teams excel even in the face of adversity. She's also the author of a book called Love is a Catalyst, where she shares her family's trials and, tr- and triumphs over cancer. She is not, uh, when she is not traveling the globe, she... You can find her running and serving in her church and community. Elena, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Um, How did you get started in the field of project portfolio management? Uh, Well, Gerald, I actually got started (laughs) early in, I guess, the oilfield days in the mid-90s. I'll certainly date myself. Um, started as a young field engineer okay. with, a, with, a, with a goal and an idea uh, to help digitize the oil field, if you will. And so um, my first project was w- rolling out um, a system throughout North America, which we then rolled out uh, worldwide. And I'm um, having to do so, you know, as you know, naturally, unlimited resources, limited time. Yep. And I uh, was really thrust into, into project management as the way to enable change. Wow! Wow! That sounds like a that sounds like a big initiative to start off with. It was, <laughs> and, and, and one that's critical and important to the country as a whole, right? Right. Exactly. Yep. Well, you know, to, to go from that to growing up in, in in your area, tell me your story. How did you get started? So I got started as as I as I mentioned, a young engineer out of um, Texas A and M University. And, uh, you know, started in operations and in operations, one of the interesting things about the uh, organization that I joined is that they had a very strong leadership track, very strong, you know, promotion from within concept. And so uh, very early on, you know, assumed lots of responsibility and um, leadership over my team. And uh, and it was an interesting situation, of course, leading while learning. Right. And um, so, you know, so having moved through the leading while learning and then moving out to actually implementing technology to improve and enhance the operations that I had just um, graduated from, if you will. 
Okay. So, um, yes, really very much so got my start in um, in, in the rough and tumble oil field um, at the time. You know, when I would tell people that I was fracked in South Texas, no one knew what a frack job was. Of course, you know, <laughs> now everyone, frack exactly. is a household name now. <laughs> right, exactly. I like that what you said, uh, leading and learning. I think that – I'm not sure if that's what you start with, but I know that's what we always keep, keep growing with, right, especially in this field where it's always changing, always something going on. And I like that concept of leading and learning at the same time. Yeah. So, listen, I know you talk a lot about changed leadership. So exactly, what exactly is changed leadership, and how does it relate to project portfolio management? Well, so change of leadership is the notion of, of, you know, so it's traditional leadership skills, but in the midst of change, leading an organization day to day requires, you know, a certain skill set and a lot, there are a lot of similarities, but it, it, imagine leadership just kind of with the added um, skill benefit of managing change. So leadership plus change management, if you will. Um, and what that means in, in, in PPM is that as project managers, we already know from Covey that we have to begin with the end in mind. Right. And the PMBOK has certainly evolved to, to demonstrate the need for, you know, stakeholder analysis early and often um, and the, and the uh, understanding of the impact of the project on the organization as a whole. No longer do project managers have the luxury of focusing on developing their product and not thinking outside of that. Um, so the notion of change leadership is not just leading your team through change, but helping lead your organization through the change that is coming as a result of the project that you're leading. Now, I know that, you know, there, you have the concept of leadership and a lot of times leadership does deal with change, but it sounds like your emphasis on change leadership is a little different than just the basic understanding of leadership itself. So can you help our listeners understand the difference between just pure leadership and, and governance, if you will, and then this concept of change leadership. Surely, Jerry. One of the one of the biggest, uh, and it was it was an interesting lesson that I learned early on. I guess kind of by accident. A lot of lessons we learn by accident. Um, and thankfully, I took it to heart. But I saw that within the organization, um, that change was perceived as loss. It was loss for a lot of people. Loss of stability. Loss of uncertainty. Right. And change itself just. It elicits so many emotions from people, and it is such a talked about subject and studied subject um, because change, not just dealing with the technology side, but it is going to impact people. And so when we began to impact people and their lives and their livelihood, uh, there's just there's so much more of a um people component, if you will, sorry to sound redundant, but I mean, that's where I began to uh, uh, study DISC. And that's why I wanted to add, you know, DISC certification along with the traditional leadership skills to show the impact of change and how to better communicate that change to people. So are you saying that because you do the DISC assessment with individuals, when when they are able to understand themselves better and how they personally handle change, that then they're able to not only, um, handle change for themselves, but also influence and handle change and help others to handle change for themselves as well. Is that what you're meaning? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, one of the uh, key traits of a leader is of course, to know themselves and to be self-aware. So when we start with the DISC personality assessment so that they can understand uh, whether there's someone who is change averse or if they're change adaptable, uh, that's something that's going to help them understand how they're going to adjust to the change. And as you mentioned, how they can then influence others in that change. Right. Now I know a lot of our listeners have maybe heard of the word DISC 
uh, assessment, but can you go into that a little bit and explain what that exactly means? Sure. Um, and I use, so there are different methodologies out there. DISC itself is not really um, not standardized and not standardly owned, if you will. Okay. Um, so I use the extended DISC model. And the reason I use the extended DISC model is because DISC are the four personality traits under the DISC model. All DISC um, are based on Jung science. Um, so what you'll see are different kind of acronyms being used. But in general, I'll speak in generality. Okay. So you have your D personality that are ten, tend to, we tend to say the dominant personalities, okay, but they're the you. drivers. So right. you'll, you'll, you're D, dominant or drivers. You have your I, they're your influencers. They're, they're more outgoing. And um, again, as I, as I point out these traits, sometimes these are readily obvious and sometimes they're not. And I'll discuss that in a little, little bit more detail. Okay. Your S uh, profile type is a bit more steady. There are people who, uh, when we think traditionally, are not the ones who are um, as quick to change, not for any fault of their own. And as a matter of fact, the beauty of, of DISC is not finding things that are wrong with us that need to be fixed. To the contrary, it's finding things that we do well naturally and then understanding what things just require more energy for us. So right. it's really important to understand that it's not a what's good or what's bad in someone. Okay. And then wrapping that up, your C, you have people that are more, um, the C would tend to use synonymous with completeness. Again, these, 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 um, these nomers change, but there are people who tend to tend to strive to tend to pride themselves on accuracy and things like that. So uh, we all possess a, a combination of the personality styles, but we'll have one that's more dominant and knowing your own personality style helps you understand how you communicate and relate to people of different of different personality types. So right. it's, it's, it's a great communication tool. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that having a big impact on an organization that's going through a lot of change because, one, it helps the individual understand themselves better, but it also under, helps them understand how they address or deal with change, but also how their teammates, depending on how they may fall out within the DISC assessment process, how they're going to handle change and be able to um, kind of work together more, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more empathy and sympathy as you go through this whole change initiative and change process. Definitely. So so what do you think is most um, poorly understood about this whole concept of uh, change leadership? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is looking at change leadership from a notion of being change ready as opposed to responding to change. So it's not a matter of ebb and flow. It's a matter of positioning yourself and your organization to be able to adapt to change. Okay. Um, and the interesting thing for me is it's something, and as you mentioned in my intro, that is tied both professionally and personally, having um, having adapted to change and becoming quite resilient and understanding the effects of change, how I respond to change, and just recognizing how common change is quite often. Yes. And uh, we tend to think of change as something that's an anomaly when uh, change is pretty sure to happen. <laughs> <laughs> if there's nothing else that's going to happen, there's always going to be some change, right? Yes. Exactly. So what, what uh, trends do you see in the industry, especially in the oil and gas industry, when it comes to project portfolio management and this whole concept of change leadership? Well, I think so. So there are a couple of things. When we look on the product development side, we certainly see a um, – an adaptation, if you will, of you know waterfall and traditional project management uh, being merged and 
and melded, if you will, with um, agile methodologies so that the product development could be a bit more agile and respond to change and respond to change requests. So that's just kind of on the project side. Right. What we're seeing on the organization side is we're seeing more people uh, you know, basically talking through situations. I was working with a client and they joked that, you know, coming in and, and dealing with the setting up for their coaching and training sessions felt like team therapy. Um, the reality is what we're doing, uh, I, what we see organizations doing now are really putting everything on the table and talking about things which are um, allowing and, and really improving the performance on the team and allowing more cohesion and unity right. that is needed um, in the face of adversity. And so, again, you mentioned oil and gas. I mean, I've been in the industry for 20 years and I've seen so many ups and downs and cycles and yep. uh, unprecedented in any other industry. Everyone's got, you know, some um, some ebb and flow, but right. uh, it's, it's certainly uh, unique, if you will, to oil and gas. And so really helping people understand how to build resilience, how to bounce back when, you know, when when um, when situations happen, not if they happen, but when they happen. Okay, gotcha. Now, you know, just listening to you talk and looking at your background, and obviously, you know, you shared openly about your book, um, the Love is a Catalyst. And so, obviously, you know, you've seen uh, ups and downs. You've grown yourself to become uh, someone who has a global presence and a really a stellar background and a set of experience that I think is very commendable. Um, when you think of role models, who was, and, and you don't have to go into details of who exactly, or, or maybe you can, uh, talk about your role models and why you selected them. Because obviously uh, someone's kind of helped you groom yourself to this to this place because you've, you've kind of grown yourself to a place that most people don't get to. Yes, I've, I've, I've been blessed to, um, to interact and connect with some really amazing people. And that always starts first and foremost with um, Paula McCann Harris, who was the uh, first African-American petroleum engineer from Texas A&M University. Okay. I had the opportunity to meet her as a sophomore in college. I almost didn't think she existed. I thought she was a unicorn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was, it was an amazing happenstance. And she actually, she worked at the same company that I ended up spending the majority of my uh, career uh, okay. with. And so that was a, a great relationship in terms of um, being fostered and encouraged right. uh, because, you know, one of the things that's very difficult for people, especially early on in their careers, isolation exactly. and feeling like, you know, that their journey or, <clears throat> excuse me, or their walk is, is, um, is unfamiliar to someone else. Um, and then of course, you know, as seasons change and as, 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 as career paths change, it's also, um, I had to, I've been intentional about finding others. Yes. And, um, I always love to give a special shout out, if I will, okay. uh, to Frank Saladis. He is a, uh, project met project leadership expert. And I've had the opportunity to learn at his feet, uh, for the past few years through um, the PMI seminar at sea. And um, I've, I've heard him speak several times. And so when I was asked to to speak and actually to essentially be his cohort, I was extremely honored. Um, but his enthusiasm and energy and passion for leadership in project management um, is actually one of the reasons he hasn't he hasn't formally taken credit, but I'm sure is one of the reasons for the um, for the talent triangle um, and emphasizing leadership so much because right. um you know, with the natural progression of, of many project managers, project managers career path, uh, they typically come from a very technical um, background. 
And then they end up, ha they have to learn some of the soft skills and there's an emphasis on learning leadership um, and, and, you know, going from being a project manager to being a project leader. Right. So the emphasis on that has, has been, has had a major impact on me and uh, my career. And um, so I'm just thankful to have been able to have him as a role model for all these years. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that because I think, you know, as project managers get started, they, I think a lot of people think that they have to kind of uh, pick themselves up by the bootstraps and figure a lot of stuff out by themselves. When actually, the, as I, besides yourself and others that I've talked to, when you see someone who's really grown themselves, you always find that there's a mentor or two that's kind of helped guide them and given them a, even a quicker path to get to where they're trying to go to. And so I really appreciate you sharing sharing the about the, the two individuals that had a big impact on you. So let me ask you another couple of questions before we end here. Um, one is, what's one thing that has made the biggest impact on your career as a consultant, speaker, and a coach? The one thing that's had the biggest impact? Hmm. I would say the... Oil and gas downturn, oh, especially wow. okay. this recent one, this recent downturn, because what, especially with the with the length and the longevity of this one, yes, um, it's it's one thing to call yourself resilient. It's one thing to uh, to to say that you overcome adversity, and it's another to walk walk in adversity again. Okay. and that's of course what resilience is is it's again and again and again, <laughs> um, right. and so. You know, for those of us who have been in the industry for, for a while, and again, it's not just, you know, oil and gas. We know manufacturing's had lots of cycles. Right. But when we find ourselves in that again, um, and then we can look up and realize that we were able to utilize um, the strengths that we had developed over years. We were able to use the muscle that we had gained. Um, and so while they can feel difficult, they're actually um, character building times that actually let us see and prove to ourselves that we're more than just the lip service. Now, I did talk about your book, and we didn't really talk about that a lot. I want to give you a second. What what uh, inspired you to to write uh, a book about love as a catalyst? So, so love as a catalyst. Um, when I wrote the first one, it's actually a two book series. Okay. Uh, when I wrote the first one, it was it was what I considered as a project manager the most heartfelt project that I'd ever had to manage. And that was managing the care for my oldest son when he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, wow. um, when we have a certain skill set, when we have leadership, when we have project management, um, we're and I won't say amazed because we're probably not. But we'd be interested to see how many t how often it kicks in when we don't necessarily expect it. Um, so, of course, managing appointments, managing managing um, medicines and things like that. But then also from the compassionate leadership standpoint of loving a young adult teen who um, was, you know, defiant, if you will, about some of his treatment. Right. So that was kind of what led me to that one. But in the midst of writing that, because I'd gotten to a point where I wanted to share uh, my personal journey of growing up and overcoming adversity time and time again, um, and especially in the face of my mother's death when I was just a senior in high school, and then going on to receive a college scholarship and um, completing my engineering degree. So those were components of me as a project manager that most people that, you know, that know me usually it only takes about five minutes, but that I typically share with them. And the reason for that is because I like to be an example 
um, an unfortunate example, but an example of resilience, an example right. of overcoming. Right. And um, so what writing that book did is actually it combined all of my worlds, if you will. I mean, I'm a mom, I'm a project manager, I'm a consultant, um, I'm a speaker. And so that just really chronicled that journey. It's the it's the origin story, if you will. Okay. I've loved telling people that. It's like I'm watching the origin story from the X-Men. Gotcha. So that's kind of the origin of um, of myself as a heroine. Well, wow, what an amazing story. And uh, hats off to you uh, to be vulnerable and to share that and uh, and to uh, leave a legacy of, of what you've done for your family and really to set the pace for a lot of us to, uh, to look up to. So I really appreciate that. Um, as we get ready to end here, if listeners wanted to learn more about you, where could they go? Uh, if they want to learn more about me, they can go to my website, which is themissengineerway.com. That's T-H-E-M-S, engineerway.com. There I've got some videos, my speaker profile, different ways they can uh, stay in touch with me, my blog, which I update regularly. Um, with great leadership tips and especially I'm, I'm especially passionate about compassionate leadership of making sure that as leaders that we're not leading with our the emotions of our heart, but leading with the um, with the compassion and the capacity of our hearts. Excellent. Excellent. Well, today, ladies and gentlemen, we have had the honor to listen to Elena Hill. She is the author of Love is a Catalyst, a project manager, um, consultant speaker and elena thank you so much for for sharing your your life and and your expertise with us and ladies and gentlemen for more experts insight go to principles of execution podcast